0: I'm Chris McDonough, a retired homicide detective. I've interviewed thousands of people, from serial killers to ministers. Welcome to The Interview Room. afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the interview room. This Sunday afternoon. Have we got a show for you today? Amazing, awesome friend of mine. And this guy is like the real deal. Uh, People have started calling us Starsky and Crutch. I'll let you determine who is Starsky and who's Crutch, but I'll go with the latter. I'll go with the latter. Want to thank everybody for being here. Uh, I know it's early on our typical time from seven o'clock on a Sunday. We're kicking this off at three for, um, unfortunately I have uh, some family commitments, so. going to do this a little bit earlier. But we're going to cover D Warner Hardy today. And I'm going to we're going to break that down and show you what's going on in the state of Michigan. They have recently assembled a homicide task force up there of four or five agencies. Michigan State Police, FBI, and then the law enforcement agency handling this up there. Uh, But before all of that started to happen, the family reached out to a dear friend of mine. Uh, He's an American hero. And you're gonna recognize him from the Maya Miliete case because without him in the very beginning, without him in the very beginning, then that case would not have been solved. I see folks are telling me my, my volume is low. How about that? Is the volume a little bit better? Hopefully the volume's a little better. How about now? Hopefully the volume is better. Can, you, can everybody hear me? If you can hear me, uh, give me a yes. Uh, that the volume is a little better here yep adjusting the volume adjusting the volume all right how are we looking there guys is the volume any better no (laughs) how about now all right yes yes yay okay we're getting the yeses we're getting the yeses in well so let me uh, just recap real fast. Um, I've got a not only a dear friend of mine, but um, he is, uh, he's the real deal. He's an American hero, in my opinion, and many others, you're going to recognize him from the Maya Miliate case, if it wasn't for his uh, quick intervention, and getting down to business, that case would still be malingering. Uh, so without further ado, I want to introduce everybody to Mr. Billy Little Jr. Starsk.
1: How you doing, Chris? <laughs> Hopefully my volume is normal. Yours yours was definitely very faint. Is it really? I don't yeah. know
0: what's going on with my board here, and D-Man is
1: uh, off. We're going to so. pitch in and buy you a new microphone.
0: Well, you know, this puppy here, supposed to be a good microphone. I, you know, hopefully, um, this thing here will, you know, will handle itself here. I've Looks... got to maybe move a couple of volume knobs over here on the side here. And that's what I've been trying and see if it makes a difference. How about now? You,
1: well, you... I, I'm okay, but yeah, you're very faint in the, in the early, the closer you are to the mic, the better, but anyway, whatever, let's, let's press on. We got important business to do.
0: Yeah, we do. We absolutely yeah. do. So let me tell you guys and gals, uh, about Mr. Billy little jr. First of all, he's a national recognized, uh, attorney. He is currently semi-retired and living in the middle of the country. Uh, he was a defense investigator and an attorney, uh, for the U S Navy for many years, as well as the air force. He retired out of, um, the air force as a full colonel. And he's handled many, many capital murder cases uh, across this country, about 17 of them. Uh, He's included uh, also, he has handled a client who was the Lost Boys of Sudan uh, and a really famous uh, case, it was uh, suicide by cop. And Billy was uh, the guy who's been there, done that. He has so many commendations and awards Uh, from his military service and also from his um, civilian service. He most recently was brought in on the Maya Miliete case. Uh, That's where we cross paths and have been dear friends ever since. And he has served 24 years as a military officer, retiring, like I said, in 2011, uh, 2011 as a full bird colonel. Uh, And he served uh, this great country as a distinguished, honorable veteran uh, serving in Desert Shield, Desert Storm, Kosovo, Afghanistan. And he has received many, many personal decorations and contributions, uh, medals uh, for his service uh, to this country. And and for that, you know, that alone, he stands out in my book uh, as a great American, a great great American. But those that know him best will be wise to stay out of his way. Um, So essentially, what happened, what we're going to cover here today is Billy uh, called me after he was uh, brought into the D Warner case the D Warner case. And he said, Hey, um, I've got a case in Michigan, this mother who's disappeared. Sound familiar? And I said, sure does. What do you got? And so Billy's been boots on the ground. I went up there, spent some time up there. We met with the authorities, met with the family. And Billy has been running and the two of us have been running, uh, in this situation, Billy, what's the, what's the background here, Bud? what do we, let's well, uh, bring our viewers up to, uh, speed here. What do you think?
1: All right. Well, first of all, your father would never forgive me if I didn't add that I was a Marine Corps officer. So <laughs> right. your father serving in the frozen chosen would, uh, slap us both if I didn't add that part.
0: So thank you for, (laughs) and my dad just slapped me. So thank you for doing that.
1: So um, D Warner case. Oh my goodness. I mean, you and I have seen the story played over and over and over again. Um, And it is a story of domestic violence that happens a thousand times a day in this country. And I get tired of seeing it. I do not understand it, Um, but women will be abused. They will be embarrassed, ashamed. They will blame themselves. They will then try to hide this from the people that are closest to them. Sometimes they don't want anything to happen to their spouse. They won't report it to the police. It's only when... Friends or family happen to see injuries on them. The the women finally say, oh, yeah, well, that was whatever, and, you know, but don't say anything. Try to keep it under wraps. And people do. And I guess most of the time it doesn't result in murder. But too many times um, this goes from domestic violence to the most serious domestic violence, which is murder. And I'm getting about sick of it yeah so women if you're listening you got to draw a bright line when the man starts laying his hands on you that's it as much as much as you love him as much as you think well you know if i hadn't been such a bitch he wouldn't have hit me no you got to draw a line there's no reason for a man to lay his hands on you because the ultimate outcome is exactly what happened here to d warner she tried to hide it she tried to cover it for years she didn't want people to say anything she blamed herself uh and then ultimately this abusive person killed her
0: yeah so let's uh let's uh do a high level run here so april 24th 19, uh, 2021 mm-hmm. he is uh married to uh a gentleman by the first name of dale yeah and,
1: dale and- Dale and Dee got married back in 2006 and the relationship was never good. It was more like a business partnership. They got together, they had common business goals. They both had been married to other people when they first met and started having an affair, Um, but the arguments, the aggressive verbal arguments started early on and then it starts with the verbal arguments and it escalates uh, just what I said, the cycle of violence. Um, so they got married in 2006. They um, developed some businesses, some farming, some trucking businesses, and they were going about their way. And but again, it was always tumultuous, always aggressive, always arguments. They didn't. They ultimately didn't even sleep in the same room. She would sleep on the couch. He would sleep in the bed. There were witnesses to the arguments It made people feel uncomfortable at their home, uncomfortable at the office. Um, Time goes by. They have have a child, the child who was nine years old when Dee disappeared last year. She's now 10 years old. Um, But they have a child, which gives her more incentive to stay in the marriage, to stay there for the child. She didn't want to go through what she'd already been through in her prior divorce with children. So she stuck it out and stuck it out until it got to be too much. And she finally said, on April 24th, she told all of her children, she's got four adult children. She told her friends, she told associates, um, she told them all, hey, this is it. Today is the day. I'm gonna tell my husband I'm leaving and we're gonna sell the businesses and that's going to be the end of the relationship Uh, she was so upset all day that she was vomiting she had migraine headaches she was vomiting Um, she would go get herself taken care of for example get eyelashes she was crying so hard that the lady had a hard time putting eyelashes in so she had to try and calm her down
0: so so sorry go ahead the day that she'd actually come to uh it's over right
1: yeah she finally everybody said this has
0: to stop this is uh uh michigan i hope i'm pronouncing
1: that right it's about an hour outside of uh, tecumseh tecumseh Tecumseh, michigan yeah Tecumseh, michigan uh farming community tight-knit community uh, a lot of really good people these are the people that put your food on the table every day Uh, it's not magic it's through a lot of hard work from these folks and so on the, April 24th, the Saturday, she had decided that was it. She had had enough and it finally come to a head. Everybody she knew, she told, she this was it. One friend was so concerned, she said, well, let me come and get the child and let the child stay at my house so that the child doesn't have to witness the argument that everybody knew was coming. Um, so D agrees, allows the child to go. After the friend assured her, "I promise you, I won't let anything happen to this child." And she comes and picks a child up that night. And that was the last person to see her alive, other than, yep, whoever Muffin Top is, is absolutely right. Leaving is the most dangerous time for these victims. Yep, and that was it, and never heard from again we have a timeline of when her electronic data shut down um, there were no cars ever left that house. the security cameras that covered the house and then the office building which was just maybe a hundred feet from the house. none of the security cameras picked up D leaving the house leaving the office. They didn't they didn't video anybody coming to get her the day after she leaves, the day after she's reported missing. So on April 25th, she's reported missing. April 26th, the husband changes the password on the security cameras. April 25th, the children are looking for her. Her adult children are looking for her. And he, the husband, does not call the police. The children have to call the police. I now have a one one point checklist for these cases. If the wife is missing, and the husband is not the one who calls the police, guess what? He did it. That's my checklist now. Yeah. Yeah. If he's not the one most concerned for looking for his wife, we got a real problem. So let's break down uh, his initial statement
0: taken on about six, well, in the afternoon of April twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. What's his initial story that he starts floating into the environment?
1: So, interestingly enough, so his story is that she left. She left him, and he speculates that well, maybe she's gone to Jamaica. Maybe she's gone to Mexico, which is a long way from Michigan, by the way. And, but she's also going to need some money. So, you're going to think, well, if she's leaving, she's going to take things either that are cash or that could be turned into cash. So, for example, she had a $50,000 wedding ring that she had, big, big diamond that I can't afford to buy my wife. So, she <laughs> was a big one. And strangely enough, the morning she goes missing, guess who has that big diamond wedding ring? The husband. Dale. So according to Dale, she leaves, um, but doesn't take the big diamond that she could easily turn into cash to help her survive. But he has it. He has it. It got off of her hand somehow. He says that he finds it in his office, on his office desk. The problem is several people have been in and out of that office prior to him finding this ring in there nobody had seen that big rock sitting on that desk but he could not turn loose of that thing it was just too much money so he kept it and a lot of people have seen him with it and he holds it to this day and the other
0: thing that uh, she left it on the desk like you're like you're saying yeah there are surveillance cameras in that office
1: yep yep she own them nope She's not on the surveillance cameras in the office. Um, So uh, the other thing, so she needs cash. She needs things that she can turn into cash, assuming his story is true, which I mean, we now know that it's not assuming his story is true. She's going to need cash, a lot of it and uh, something she can turn into cash. She's also going to need a way to travel. So both of the cars that she had were still at the house. They never left the house. Now they were moved around, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, so she had no way, of, no means of transportation. None of the videos caught her on the way out. She had no way to support herself long term, to stay hidden, invisible, at least for this year. And another interesting thing so the husband was unaware that she had a little bit of stash of money in her desk drawer in her office. Um, it was only about $750, but it was in an envelope that uh, the husband didn't know about. And uh, Tennessee Southern L is asking Did the husband know the child stayed somewhere else at first? So the, the husband was aware that the child was gone that night. He was there when the friend came and picked up the minor child. So he did know that he that the husband Dale and Dee were home alone that night. Um, Nobody else was there. So, but that money that was in the envelope that the husband Dale didn't know about was still in the desk drawer, her office desk drawer, not 15 feet from where he says the diamond ring was left. So according to him, she leaves, disappears without a trace, doesn't take a car, doesn't take a $50,000 wedding ring, doesn't even take the cash in the envelope that she'd been hiding in her desk drawer and somehow disappears. Right. So so, so we, do, we do a lot of uh, criminal cases, right? In fact, you and I just did one not too long ago, but the standard is, is there proof beyond a reasonable doubt? So I'm still waiting for someone to provide me with a reasonable explanation, other than the fact that he killed her uh, to help me resolve this case. And we have closed all of the doors on any reasonable uh, explanation, other than, no, yeah, you killed her, that's it, it's over. Yeah, and I've, and so I've got-
0: We have we have on the foundation here, right? That uh, we've got a history of violence. Yeah. We've got witnesses, who say they had a very volatile, volatile relationship, loud arguments. It was kind of a love-hate situation. She's holding on because of the baby, their nine-year-old daughter together. They each had uh, other children, though, from separate marriages, previous marriages. Uh, There are witnesses who uh, are aware of physical violence to her, Mm -hmm. previous, there are witnesses who have seen the results of that physical violence mm-hmm. to her. And, yep. Uh, there is uh, additional witnesses who have seen or, or, excuse me, there are additional witnesses who have said that uh, they've seen the bruising and marks on her body mm-hmm. and. Than on her bicep area, in her bicep area,
1: and and, and a, a goose egg just under the hairline on her forehead. Two, two witnesses to that.
0: Yep, and now and now we have the big, you know, the big clue here that we're headed towards uh, another domestic high probability. We have a we have witnesses who said that the husband, uh, was seen in the past trying to choke her. Yep. And so this is, uh, as everybody knows, uh, and our, this channel here, uh, Billy, uh, um, you know, and by the way, thank you for being here today. Cause I know you've been slammed, <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've been busy just so everybody knows my buddy here, <laughs> he's calling me while I'm in the freaking hospital. And you know, he's like, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm getting tests. I love you. And he's like, no, I'm worried about you. That, that is a real, that is a true friend when you're laying there, you know, then they're about ready to move you into different places and your phone is ringing and being texted, and, you know, and I didn't get a chance to thank you for that, so I'm I'm thanking you publicly now for all of that stuff. So
1: don't don't uh, thank me too much. I just wanted you to get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Stop goofing off.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so now let's talk about the evidence that we have at the house of okay. that points to uh, any evidence of her leaving that residence that you want to share
1: okay so as usual we have some electronic data right she had an apple phone and one of those watches that measures your heartbeat your movements all that people use them for exercise people use to communicate lots of things so um at some point now let me i'm going to look at my timeline to make sure i get it right let me see
0: and it's a family show, Colonel.
1: Oh, oh, sorry. Did I use a cuss word again?
0: No. Sorry. Just, sorry. I just love you. <laughs> and I know.
1: Yeah, you know. But yeah. I, I need to clean to it up a little. I know. So. Uh, yeah, here we go. So. One of Dee's friends texts her at ten twenty four p.m. Texts her and asks, um, "How are you?" She knows that this is a bad night. How are you? Almost a half an hour passes, and the response from Dee's phone is just the letter K. Uh, all of the I've reviewed thousands of. Text messages to and from D. Um, never in any of the times have, has she ever responded with the letter K. That's something I would do because I'm lazy. I don't like typing out OK or, you know, whatever. D has never done that. So a little suspicious there. Even more suspicious that her phone then switches from Wi-Fi to cell, which means that her phone is turned off. So, so we're not going to get any phone calls, any text messages. He's not going to be disturbed. Dale's not going to be disturbed anymore. He turns her phone off at that point. Uh, so her phone is turned off around 11 p.m. Um, oh, I like that, Jack and Angie. Kay is a textbook for her to steal someone's phone. Yep, yep. Well, it certainly was for her because she never used that. Um, So somewhere around 11 p.m., her phone is turned off. Then somewhere around 2 a.m., her phone and watch go dead forever. Never to be found, never to be heard from again. Two o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning, April 25th, 2021. Dale's story is that the last time he sees her, is at 6 a.m. on that morning when he leaves to go uh, work on the farm and she's asleep snoring on the couch at 6 a.m. Now, her adult children and a couple of grandchildren come over about 9, 9.30 to have breakfast, which they do every Sunday, and Dee's nowhere. She's nowhere to be seen. They start looking. That's when the search is on by the children. Not by Dale, but by the children to find her. Uh, Interestingly enough, this is a guy, again, who was tracking her, stalking her, spying on her, very interested in who she was with, where she was, all of her movements, all the way up to the point that she goes missing and all of a sudden he's not interested at all. We have a tracking device that was found on her car that he was using to track her movement. And yet when she goes missing, he doesn't give a damn about where she is.
0: Yeah, Sorry. Just, uh, does this sound
1: familiar? Oh, You're my God. In this one, right? <laughs> These are all the same, man. That's why I get tired of this. Yeah. But we also have an indication. So her phone goes dead forever around 2, 2, in the morning. Boom. Never to be heard from, never seen, never found. Um, so I guess she's off in Mexico without a phone, car, or money, surviving just fine. So around 2, but then at 3 o'clock in the morning, around 3 o'clock in the morning, Dale leaves the house, and he leaves his phone at home. Her phone dies less than an hour before that. He leaves the house, leaves his phone at home, and then he returns back to the house at around 4.30ish in the morning. Now, keep in mind, in any of his cover stories that he's thrown out there, he doesn't mention any of this. Uh, And then, but he does, so he comes back at 4.30, now he's at home with his phone again, which stayed at the house from uh, around 7 p.m. on Friday night or Saturday night until uh, about 7.45 a.m. Sunday morning. So he brings it to his house, and then when he leaves the next morning, he takes it with him the next morning as well. It's only this period, this hour and a half after Dee's phone goes dead, that he leaves the house without his phone. Yeah, Daisy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's out there disposing of all the evidence, right? Um, again, another part that I get a little tired of hearing is that when the police come over and he says she's, you know, she's gone, run off to Mexico or whatever, they of course just swallowed hook, line, and sinker. Um, but they do come back a couple of days later and ask him for consent to search the property. He initially gives them consent and then he terminates it. He says, "Ah, oh, you're wasting my day. Get off my property." So now the police have to leave. They come yeah. back and a few hours. They
0: into it about an hour and a half, right? And he shuts it down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he doesn't appear to be interested in helping find his missing wife. So then uh, the police come back a few hours later with a search warrant. They come back with, oh, shoot. <laughs> sorry about that, uh, cadaver dogs. <laughs> Reach for my coffee and knock the computer over. Come back with cadaver dogs. They start to walk the property with a search warrant. And they start heading towards the barn that holds... Um, this urea 4600. It's a fertilizer, hard fertilizer. And he says, no, 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 don't take the search dogs in there because that fertilizer in there will kill your dogs. And they must have believed him because they do not take the cadaver dogs into the barn where he said that he had that fertilizer that would kill the dogs. So he's, he's now directing the search that the police are doing with their cadaver dogs, which is mind boggling. Mind boggling. Ordinarily, Chris, you know this. Talk about how a search is supposed to be done when you get a warrant.
0: Yeah, it's it's yours. And uh, <laughs> everybody off of the property, have a great day. Wait over here. Uh, we'll tell you when we get back what's
1: going on. You, you certainly don't allow the person of interest to be guiding the search on the property, right? Yeah. Big problem. Yeah. You, you seal it off. Uh, you maintain control until you're done. Anybody that comes in and out has to have a, a reason to be there. All of the names are logged. There's a guy sitting there with his purpose is to write down who comes and goes and what their purpose is. That's, right. That's how you do a search, right? Am I right, Chris? Oh, you're 100%. Yeah. So. So the search reveals nothing. Um, I would call it more like a partial search. Um, and she's gone. And then the police think, well, you know, she's gone and she's done it before. It's according to Dale and she'll be back. And um, then so that was April. They're like, well, she'll come back on Mother's Day. They're like, well, maybe there's a significant event and she'll come back on this significant event. And they're like, well, maybe she'll come back on Mother's Day. Well, of course she doesn't. And well, she always liked the carnival. So in July, so we'll go to the carnival in July and ride around on horseback, and we'll all be keeping our eyes open for you know Dee's return. And in the meantime, you can't make that up. <laughs> in the meantime, we're burning time. We are burning time and evidence. The longer you wait, Chris, I'm sure you <laughs> you've never heard this before the longer you wait, the harder it is to gather all this evidence. That's right. Uh, That's right. So you fast forward to October 11th and 12th of 2021. Now the FBI comes out there and helps them do some ground penetrating radar, some drone flyovers, et cetera. And they dig in a couple areas uh, with no result. Now, keep in mind this this is vast land that he has access to that he's either working or leasing is about 4,000 acres. So
0: yeah, that uh, the, the farmland up there is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's beans and beans and corn and, you know, the, the oh. dairy uh, in that area. And this family is well engaged in, you know, putting like you, you know, you put it very succinctly about putting food on everybody's table in this country. And this area is where that's happening, you know, as part of you know middle America. And so he's out there. We can, we're not going to talk about how we know uh, certain things, but uh, we know certain things and, yeah. you know, he's out there at all wee hours of the, you know, the morning, and everything, and you know, the cops come in. They're you know the locals are doing their thing, uh, but there seems to be initially a sense of, you know, well, she's just kind of left. She left, and he identified two places uh, where he thinks she may have gone to, um, and that is Mexico and or Jamaica. The challenge with that is as everybody knows in this chat and on our channel and you know and just in the true crime community as a whole uh, there are systems in place that every time we leave the united states uh, that information would have been almost instantaneously verified Uh, today um, it still is not uh, a reality um we have no no evidence and/or information in relationship to her uh, leaving the United States that I'm aware of. Billy, what say you?
1: Yeah, the federal law enforcement are checking that data all the time, and they're looking for any sign that she would cross a border, get on a plane, anything. They're they're searching for that. She's not. She's not getting on a plane. She's not crossing a border. Um, yeah, I mean, we, at this point, we know what happened to her and yeah. we know when it happened. Um, I mean, we haven't laid out all of the stuff that we've gathered, but, uh, any reasonable person just hearing the little bit that we've shared can say, well, yeah, of course he did it. What are we waiting on? But we've got a law enforcement agency up there. That's, you know, they, they are small community. They don't do a lot of these, um, it would be a shock to think the first thing out of their mouth would be murder, right? That would be the last thing they would think about. And you don't blame them because I mean, what an anomaly for this community um, to see that just a bunch of good, hard work farmers. Um, but apparently they're not all that good. Some of them. So let's take,
0: let's take some uh, questions here, Billy. I'm going to direct them at you here. So Laurie, uh, says so the area in the barn. He said the dog shouldn't go in. Was it searched
1: or what? Nope, never was searched. The um, yeah, I, I I agree with Daisy. I mean, it could have been composting her body. Yep. So
0: let's see here. Here's one.
1: Yeah, it was. Of course, it was during the lockdown. Yeah, I mean, there. <laughs> yeah, you're asking. These people are asking all the right questions. Good job, Mama Bear. Um, Here's one. Yeah. So what he says that she left with a, a an overnight bag, a curling iron, hairspray, and a makeup bag. That's what she took with her, according to him. Um, I mean, <laughs> when we first heard that, what, <laughs> what, what did we, <laughs> if my wife left with a curling iron, I wouldn't have any idea. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure she has curling iron somewhere, but I don't know. Yeah. Lori so says, yeah. He, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And a hairspray. <laughs> How would I know? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah. So here's another interesting little tidbit. Uh, Yeah, no clothes. No, she didn't need any clothes. When you go into Mexico for the rest of your life, you don't take any clothes, right? Uh, Here's another little interesting tidbit. So they had uh, a Hummer that was parked behind the house by the double doors near the kitchen and bedroom in the back of the house. The Hummer had not been moved for over a month prior to this day. Um. Oh, Mimi, you can answer um, that after you finish your thought, finish your thought. Okay. Let me finish my thoughts. Uh, so the Hummer was parked back there in this little dirt area that led up to a concrete pad. And on the morning she goes missing, that Hummer is moved from that space to the front of the office, a hundred feet away. And it was not seen on the surveillance camera. In order to do that, you've got to, know the positions of surveillance cameras, and you have to drive a circuitous way to get to the office. And then in its place were tracks from what's a JCB. It's a tractor. It's got a big front scoop on it. There were JCB tracks that led right up to the concrete pad where the Hummer had been parked. And when the kids got there, the Hummer and the JCB were both parked in front of the office. Again, neither one of them showing up on the surveillance camera. Uh, And then during the time the kids were there, Dale moves the Hummer back to the position where it had been sitting for a month and on top of the JCB tracks. Yeah. So yeah, and there's a lot more that goes into that, but that's kind of an overview of that. I've got more information, but I don't think it's right to share it at this point and And for uh, the record,
0: for the record, right? For everybody. Yeah. Uh, we met with the authorities, right? We sat down with the task force. And all the information that we you know have come up with that you have come up with on the ground, and anything that uh, needs to be turned over to the uh, investigators, uh, that is one hundred percent the priority. So you know, what we're talking about here is stuff. Uh, We're we're not going to give all of the information out for obvious reasons uh, over YouTube, but the information we want the public to know from our perspective, from Billy and I, and the interview room is, you know, she's still missing. And that's why we're doing this program today. And so here's a question from Mimi. What what say you built.
1: Okay. Yeah. And there's just so we don't forget, there's a $50,000 reward for anybody that knows where she is. So you want to make yeah. 50,000 cash, start talking. Um, yep. So uh, Mimi qu- answered your question. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so these guys, especially the abusers, what they do is they, before they kill, they fantasize about what it is if they were to kill her, how they would do it. And so they have these fantasies in their head and sometimes they'll research them. Uh, they'll think about them. If I was going to kill my wife, how would I get rid of her? And some of that is looking at some of these TV shows, watching shows like this. Oh, ho, ho, Mountain Girl, you're ahead of me. I'm coming to that. So uh, so are they can you leave that question people? up there? Can you leave that question up, Chris, so I don't forget it? Yeah, absolutely. And so they're, yes, they're learning from this as they fantasize how they are going to commit this crime. Um, If I was going to do it, would that fertilizer help me turn that body into compost so that I can spread it all over my land and nobody will ever find it? So they're absolutely learning from what they're doing on the Internet. Uh, That's the risk we run in telling these stories, but I think the stories have to be told. So, I mean, what do you do? Do you explain how these criminals do these things or do you not run the story? So, yeah, the answer is, a short answer is yes. They learn from the internet, TV, all of that. Uh, And then the question, okay, Mountain Girl, did he take a polygraph? Everybody that was, Person who is close to her or a person of interest has has taken a polygraph, except for one person. And, and guess who that one person is who's refused to take a polygraph? Oh, oh, it's let, let me. Let me get it. It's an IQ test. <laughs> Dale is the only one who has refused to take a polygraph. Now we, I have some evidence that he has taken one that he and his attorney may have gotten together and taken one. And, um, Oh, look at this. Somebody. And so we're, we're running that down. So my guess is that he had taken the polygraph he and his lawyer, he didn't do quite as well as they had hoped. And he has continued to refuse to take a polygraph. Um, so yeah, everybody except for Dale is taking a polygraph. Um, uh, Mimi, that's a good question. So when I initially started this case, I thought it was premeditated, but now that I see the timeline and what happened, no, I believe that, um, and I've also, Chris, you and I have seen him, his, his temper goes from zero to a hundred in a split second. Tell them, so, tell them, why, tell them, why. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, Chris, your cover story was great that day.
0: Mike, <laughs> Mike, for some reason, I'm having a problem with my mic, so it comes better out of your, out of your mic than mine, so feel free to share.
1: Well, uh, we took a little trip, uh, me and Chris did up to, uh, Michigan, to start this thing, kick this thing off and see if we can find, get a lay of the land. You know, you have to actually be there. Any case you have, if you didn't go there, um, you're never going to understand the case. So you got to start with going there, right? You got to be there, boots on the ground. You got to look at the four walls, right, Chris? Yep. And so we go there. (laughs) It just happened to be in the field um, where some people suspected he buried her and, We had been, somebody was surveilling us. We saw a car surveilling us. And I said, hey, we're being watched. Uh, We're out in an open field, right? Who cares? Uh, And then, God, I don't know, five minutes later, less than that, uh, Dale comes out and he is pretty hot. He comes out uh, cussing and not even at us. Well, he he did throw a little one at you. (laughs) But but he was cussing at the brother of D who's out there looking for his sister. Or it's cussing at him. And I mean, this guy went from zero to 100 and nothing flat. And this was contrary to what, how everybody has described him as sort of a more calculating thinking. But it was consistent after I started doing the investigation. It was very consistent with his personality and their arguments that they had. He would sit there and take it and take it, just like a volcano, until the pressure built up, and then boom, he explodes. That was exactly that personality. Hey, I agree, Rachel. Let's get this guy arrested. Um, let's get this guy off the street. He's uh, he's dangerous. And uh, here we go. Tecumseh's... Anyway, I get, you know what, I'm, I'm such a guy. I can't multitask. So if I start telling a story and somebody asks a question, I read the question do what Uh, you
0: have to do buddy i'm there there's also some um uh see this is the power of youtube right here thank you donna 25 miles south of you not even aware of this case Well, you are now so please share this video out to everybody you know on all your social media platforms uh and there is you know justice for d um and Arkansas says, where did he state? He went in the middle of the night. Does, does he have the child now? Can you get a warrant to search the barn field based on circumstances?
1: So, so yeah. Can we, can you freeze that question so I can answer that? Cause I don't want to forget this part. Thanks Arkansas. Right. There. right there. Um, okay. So he, uh, there's a, there's a vigil coming up on the 23rd of April, the one year anniversary. Um, that's going to be, In uh, in Tipton, which is right next to Tecumseh, it's going to be
0: the 25th, isn't it?
1: Is it the no? It's on the 23rd, Saturday the 23rd, is a sunset vigil for D. So, anybody that's local, like this person said, they're 25 miles away, feel free to come. And if you, uh, I don't know if they have my contact information or not, Chris, but uh, if you need to know how to get there, what's going on there, um, just contact me, we can share it. We should probably just. Okay, where do you say to get the middle of the night? He never said. Nobody ever confronted him with that information. I don't even know that he knows that I know that. Um, and, and maybe this is something that law enforcement will deal with him later. Uh, does he have the child now? Yes, he does. Um, uh, can you get a warrant search of Barnfield? Yeah, it's a little late to search the Barnfield based on circumstantial evidence. Yeah, to get a search warrant, you need probable cause which is only 51% so you got to have a belief that that crimes have been committed and that this person committed that crime or this area is relevant to that crime it's super easy to get a search warrant um, the child there's a very I don't know interesting or sick there's a photo that he took of the child two months after the mother went missing. With his nine year old child standing in front of a gravestone with uh D's mother and father buried there, and I keep in mind this little girl's never met them, and yet he's taken a picture of her in front of their gravestones. That's just creepy. Creepy, I don't know that it means a whole lot, but it was just like, why the heck would you do that? Uh, what possessed you to take this child put her in front of a tombstone of the lady that you killed a couple months ago and take her picture and then send it to family members oh so much in this case i feel like i feel like i'm just shooting random things out there but we just have so much information on this case
0: and and by the way let me uh tell everybody if you're just joining us while i put this other Comment up here. Uh, I'm here with Billy Little Jr., uh, who is not only an an amazing attorney/slash investigator, but he's also uh, an amazing American hero who's very, very humble. Uh, Retired colonel in the the military, he was on the ground first in Maya Millete's case in Chula Vista, and this will give you an idea of you know, that, that's that's the wrong guy to start messing with uh, because by the time the cops got half of the information that he provided, uh, it was uh, already, you know, he'd already had Larry Miliete up in a little box, put a bow on him and set him at the doorstep like Amazon for the PD down there. And we're, we're essentially gonna do the same thing here. Uh, and actually, you're you're probably 98 percent of the way there. Uh, and this one of the things that we always like to talk about is not only the victimology, but the suspectology. And this guy, go figure, his initials are D.W. Uh, and you know that in of itself should be a problem. Based on you know other things that we're looking into, but he allegedly is maybe you know taking the life of his wife. Uh, She that's the allegations uh, that the media has uh, even pointed to. So we got on the Billy got on the ground at the behest of the family, and so Jen here asked, it'd be interesting to see if he goes to the vigil, avoidance or throwing himself in there to be connected to the case.
1: what do you think, Billy? <laughs> I'd love to see him there. I got a lot of questions for he him. May show up. What's that?
0: I he may show up. I think he may show up.
1: Good. I got a lot of questions for him. <laughs> yeah. I hope he does show up. Hey, uh, I totally agree, Cotton Candy. Um, yeah, we don't want to see this thing go from horrible to more horrible. Um, Wendy, I'm tracking that down. So I don't have a solid answer. I've got a couple leads, but I'm still tracking that down. Hey, Chris, I sent you the flyer information for the vigil. Any chance you could post it like you did the justice for D up here? Can you put it on the screen? It's in your email. Let
0: me me see. Did you send it over to Karen or did you send it to mine?
1: I sent it to you.
0: Okay. Hang on. Let me uh, ask Karen uh, to, to pull it up while I'm, uh, me here for a second I'm, I'm having a mic problem too and i apologize everybody i don't know what's going on with my volume uh, but for some reason i'm not getting good mic volume
1: today. yeah wendy we've we've had some rumors um but have not confirmed that he was uh, involved with another woman he is not remarried uh but he has done some interesting things so they own several businesses uh the one, the business, the trucking business that D owned, was a profitable business. He has since transferred the assets from that business, the profitable business that belonged to D, into his other businesses. So, that we have witnesses to that. We also have um, some other things I don't want to discuss. We've got some moves coming up um, to deal with that. The court at some point appointed a conservator, uh, and I think that's as much as I want to get into with that issue, because we've got some movement on that that uh, I don't want him to know is coming.
0: Okay, so
1: did you find that thing, Chris?
0: I'm going to share it real fast here.
1: real fast in terms of dial-up internet speed or... <laughs> All right, here we go, here we go. Let's see what you got.
0: So it says Sunset Vigil, one year of missing D. And... Yeah, I was hoping ahead. you could... Go ahead. Can,
1: can you post it up on the thing? Like you've got the... Once yeah, you've got hashtag justice for D up there right now. Can you put the vigil information up there so anybody that wants to go can show up?
0: Oh, sure. Let me, uh, I'll just create a slide and uh, do that. How about that?
1: All right. All right. Uh, Stand by. So we, and I know there are a lot of domestic violence programs out there. Um, This has been high on a lot of people's priority. They have the purple ribbons, I believe. I mean, this has been high up there. I just don't understand how it is that over and over and over again, this happens in this country. Um, And I don't have any answers for that at all. But we need to get a handle on this. There's just no reason for mothers and wives and girlfriends to be killed and beaten by these violent narcissistic antisocial, self-centered people i heard somebody a famous person used a quote recently that says love makes us do crazy things that's not love this is not love that's making us violent Remember, I don't know if anybody here remembers the old First Corinthians. The uh, love is patient and kind.
0: That's right. I'm going to take this down, and I'm going to put the new one up. Oh, stand by you
1: there's you got some dead air, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> right. No. Stand by. Stand All right. By
0: processing. See
1: it I could through. sing, but everybody would leave.
0: No, you're here. That's, uh...
1: There's if anybody has any information. Yeah, Arkansas, it's a good question um they can smell the remnants of a dead body and oh there you go look at that you're welcome you're very welcome thank you (laughs) um yeah so it takes a little while for the body to start giving off that scent so you can move if you move a body say within an hour you might be able to not leave a scent so that the body doesn't start to detect that but it might I mean, these are all mites. Obviously, the experiments on this would not be acceptable. (laughs) But there are dogs who can detect the last living scent. So if a person's alive in a car, they can detect that that person was alive in a car. Um, Yeah. So, well, LB, good question. So... Dale and Dee had an affair with each other while both of them were married. Dale and Dee's ex-spouses then married each other after this. So they sort of did a wife swap, blue collar method. So, um, Which by the way,
0: an affair is not a death penalty sentence.
1: Oh. oh, especially and
0: few as well.
1: Yeah. No, it's um, again, that's not love. That's just anger, selfishness, and antisocial behavior to kill somebody for that. It's I've said it before, but this was Jack the Ripper mentality. Well, I you know, don't agree with their morals, so I kill them, right? That's the solution. These women are all cheating sluts, so let's kill them, right? That's not <laughs> It's not how it works. Uh, you don't have that right to do that. You have the right to disagree with them, but you don't have the right to kill them. And uh, I, there was no, for D, there was no ongoing affair at the time she went missing, that I know for certain. She was not involved in an affair when Dale did what he did. And the fact that Dale and Dee had an affair with each other, and then got married 20 years prior to this. I don't even think it's related to this. It's just an interesting fact that each of their exes, they just swapped marriage partners, right? Not on purpose, not a deal, but that's just how it worked out. Uh, did, did, Did my sound just change by chance? Yeah, you just got way softer. Did I really? Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know what to say, guys. Uh, I have to get this fixed after this program, but I'm glad you're here. Uh, I see that Cassie Carley was found. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not the results that everybody wanted. Um, That's gonna be a no brainer down there as well. You know, another situation like D, unfortunately. It's gonna, I mean, I looked at all the court cases. I went down there looked at, or excuse me, I looked them up all online. Uh, A lot of uh, child issues, a lot of uh, alimony issues and all the other problems that came along with it. So, um, hey, Billy, stay here. I'm gonna go out and see if I can come back in and see if that Hmm. makes a difference with this.
1: What do you you want me to talk about while you're gone? Anything?
0: Uh, Yeah, whatever you wanna talk about. It's gonna take me about two minutes.
1: Okay. So many of these smaller jurisdictions do not understand how to prosecute, successfully prosecute uh, a circumstantial case because many, I don't know, maybe most cases in this country, especially murder cases, uh, rely heavily on circumstantial evidence. And the average person thinks, well, circumstantial evidence is not real evidence. No, it is absolutely real evidence. It is absolutely the, the type of evidence that gets people convicted. And like I said before, if there is no other reasonable explanation for what happened, then we take the reasonable explanation. You're not required to have a photograph of somebody killing somebody in order to get a conviction. Um, once you cross the threshold of whatever... Uh, the prosecutor believe is reasonable doubt, then you go forward with a prosecution. The only danger in a case like this is that they prosecute too quickly and then double jeopardy kicks in and they don't get a conviction. Because there are some people who will be reluctant to convict if there's no body, uh, if there's no eyewitness. So murder is can be a difficult Uh, conviction to get. But in this case, I think we're getting close to finished. Oh, yeah. (laughs) oh Kippy, you're absolutely right. And that was one of the defense mechanisms that Dale uses, not just on, on her, on Dee, but on anybody that challenges him. He will attack them personally. So any of the family members that say, well, Dale, what's going on here? What's the deal? He will just personally attack them. So that's the strategy he uses, not just uh, on the person that he abused, but on anybody. And I'm sure he'll use it on me. I don't care. Um, But uh, if we put fertilizer it would kill a dog, it would also kill him. Oh, no. Arkansas peaches. You're right. So what I did was I got the uh, MSDS, a material safety data sheet for the um, fertilizer that he was saying would kill the dogs. And I looked it up. And, of course, It's not going to kill a dog. Uh, It's just frustrating that he was allowed to be involved in the cadaver dog search. Um, Yeah, if you're putting fertilizer out there that's going to kill dogs, it's going to kill humans and we're going to have all sorts of problems with it. Um, So he's lying. And then you say, well, why is he lying? Why, why would he need to lie to keep the police and their search dogs out of that barn? Well, the answer is obvious. It's just frustrating that the police wouldn't just take him and say, look, thanks for your input, get the hell out of our uh, search area, and we'll let you back in when we're finished, uh, rather than allow him to direct the search. Can uh, a fertilizer, break down a human body know, there's some fertilizer, again, I have the MSDS, material safety data sheet on that particular fertilizer. Uh, it can be an irritant. Uh, it can cause a rash on your skin. Um, if you breathe it in, it can, you know, maybe cause you to choke a little bit. It's not going to kill you. Uh, if you eat it, you know, it's probably not good for you. Uh, but I can give you on uh, the fertilizer that he had the what you need to do if you inhale it or swallow it or whatever. But it it's not going to break down a human body, and it certainly won't break down certain parts of a human body. So we've had cases where acid has been used. So let's say you've got muriatic acid, like a pool acid. You can stick a body in there, and over time, that acid, which is much more strong than any sort of fertilizer – But that acid will eventually break down a body, Um, but it takes a long time, especially for an adult. I had a case where um, an adult female was put in a barrel of muriatic pool acid and, and buried, and the pool acid ate through the metal barrel before it ate through the mother's hip bones. So there there were still remnants of her. So it ate through the steel before it ate through the body. So it's it's not as easy as it looks in the movies to to move and dispose of a body. Although he's got Dale has access to a lot of farm equipment, a lot of chemicals and a lot of land. Um um uh,
0: How is my sound now? I just reset it.
1: Oh, God, you're much better now, Chris. Is it really? Yeah. Susan, your question is a good question. Why? Chris always asks the why questions, but here's a good question. Why in a rural farming community would law enforcement or search and rescue have fallen for that? You're asking the wrong guy. Um,
0: They're loaded with heat. That's a really good comment, Wendy. Uh, you're right. Compo- they, uh, you could put a body in there and it could rapidly decompose.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's a good point. The, the problem with that that he would have or the suspect would have is, you know, cadaver dogs would have a field day, uh, with that as a whole, because there would be so many, um, you know, so many scents. That'd and by the course. way, if you have any legal questions, either guys, uh, My buddy here is, I mean, I have sat on the stand with him asking me questions uh, in the past. And uh, we most recently did a caper where um, it's still ongoing. We can't talk about it, but um, he is like a a terror in in the courtroom. You do not want to be. On the other side of uh, this, <laughs> Billy's questioning, I mean, it, I, and I just love it. And
1: you're, and you're a great witness. I'm glad I called you as a witness. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> you did a great job. Yeah. It, was a lo- it was a lot of fun. I mean, the, uh, obviously it's a murder case, obviously. So the consequences were pretty high, but um, I really, really enjoyed working with you on that case. That was fun. And was you did a fun. fantastic job.
0: Well, you know, great leadership, uh, creates great results. So I just follow the leader and you did good. Um, Hey, so if you have any legal questions, even about, uh, you know, anything, uh, on the legal side, I, uh, we can keep Billy here for another, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, if you've got some stuff you're curious about, uh, uh put it up in the chat here. Go ahead.
1: Only, only criminal law. I don't do anything yeah. else. I only do, well, I only do murder mostly. But uh, criminal law questions, I can answer. Anything no. else? I mean, you're better off googling it than asking me.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, here's a good one. Here, does this guy have authority or power over people in this area?
1: He may. He's uh, in these small communities. Uh, especially the business people and the families that have been around for a while, they're connected. Um, there you go, Chris.
0: Hair will stay. Hair will stay for quite some time. Quite some time.
1: Teeth. Teeth are the things that stick around the longest that enamel. um, So when you, if you ever do, um, if you burn a body and grind it up or whatever, uh, the teeth, you can't burn up teeth. So yeah, it's hard to, hard to get rid of them. So there's going to be something out there somewhere. Uh, It's a good question.
0: Uh, Here you go. How's families, how's Dee's family doing?
1: Devastated. Absolutely distraught. I mean, they are frozen in time. Uh, They will not be able to move on until this case is resolved and it's horrible i mean d has four adult children she's got their grandchildren um, her brother and his wife and their child i mean it's just the family is just devastated Um, and the community um, a lot of community support but you see in these cases there's a breakdown right of whose side okay whose side are you on Uh, Well, he says she disappeared and, you know, she wasn't a nice lady and, um, you know, she should be gone. I don't feel sorry for it all. So you get one side that sides with him and then you get the other one that sides with the family. So um, hopefully when the evidence comes out, as we're trying to get some of it out now, people are going to realize that even if you're a supporter of Dale, you're like, this is not looking good. Oh, thanks, Deb. Yeah, that's a very nice thing to say. Um, and by the way, uh, do your family believe, my very family believe he has anything to do with it? He is Dale? Is that what the question is? Does yeah, your family I believe, believe so. he has yep. anything to do with it? I think it's pretty obvious to everybody that, yeah, he's. It's a math problem. There were two people at home that night that they had an argument. There's only one that survived. Anybody, any rational person, and we're not talking about proof beyond a reasonable doubt, but just a starting point, like that is your primary suspect. It's, you know, two minus one. You get left with one. It's simple. Um, but you need more than that. Um um, his family members. <laughs> uh, I've got a lot of information on his family members. Uh, many of them are still supporting him, uh, but I'd rather not talk about that. I'm not trying to be cagey, but uh, you can imagine that the people who are opposed to him would be reluctant to have that information be made public. They would be afraid for their own safety. So... Um, that's the deal I make with people when I go out and I work these cases. If um, if you don't want your information out there, I'm not going to share it. And I certainly wouldn't do it if I thought it was going to put you in danger or cause problems in your family. So um, he has a very interesting family. And some of the financial assets that are being moved around uh, are going to... Um, some of the family members? Will the guy be picked up in that jurisdiction? Ultimately, he will. I'm confident that there will be uh, an arrest and a successful prosecution. It's just that when these jurisdictions and prosecutors and police departments are not used to dealing with these types of cases, they are a little fearful. And I understand that. Again, you get one shot at this. You mess it up and this guy goes free. and He could walk around confessing to murder the rest of his life and you can't ever prosecute him again. So you got to get it right the first time. You only get one shot at it. So I understand their fear, their reluctance. Um, oh, my God, Mimi. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mimi. <laughs> um, so but let me say this, too. Uh, that chris and i we do this not because we like getting on the internet and making a big deal out of things we come on here to help resolve these cases to help these families get justice we also do this free of charge we do not my fee is if you want me to do real criminal law work it's 400 dollars an hour we do this absolutely free of charge um So our only goal is to find the truth when we start these cases. And we don't start thinking, oh, well, it must be this guy or that guy. We start with an absolute open mind. Oh, look at
0: 100%. 100%. I mean, and and even, you know, I mean, recently, you know, I'm not going to mention anybody or anything in terms of, you know, who's who, but. Uh, I recently testified against another member of the CCF, meaning my opinion was different than their opinion. And yeah. this is the kind of thing that we do. It, it is seeking the truth. And, you know, Billy is, you know, he spent time not only in the military as a, you know, with the JAG's office and the defense office as well. I mean, but uh, working for the truth. It is the truth, whatever it is. And he's kind of our CCF secret weapon. And CCF is the cold case foundation, uh, over here, uh, cat. And, you know, I mean, we have, you know, we look at things with an open mind and what's really great, uh, people actually have called us Starsky and, and uh, crutch. And I'm Crutch, uh, for for the record, because he looks more like Starsky anyway. But uh, that said, uh, I I want uh, you know just kind of give a recap here. Maui asked uh, for a recap now that my speech is working or my uh, sound is working better. Um, is you know the what we have here right now is this mom uh, is. Her name is Dee Warner. Uh, Billy's on the ground in Michigan. He's been there for uh, quite some time now, a couple of weeks. And, you know, we went up there. I, he asked me to come up, take a look at what's going on. And together, the two of us, were such a yin and a yang uh, with, you know, his experienced, uh, his experienced retired military officer. But this guy... Uh, I can't go into all the stuff that he's done, but, you know, he's handled about 17 high-profile death penalty cases. Uh, And in the courtroom, you can forget it. If you are on the other side of his master uh, capabilities, uh, you might as well just sign the papers and say, where's my suit? Because I'm checking in tonight. (laughs) Uh and you know and you know he's done a lot of high profile stuff I'm not gonna I'll let him share what he feels comfortable sharing. Uh, and you know if you ever need a great attorney, uh, just send me an email and I'll send it along to him uh, but he's no. he's supposed to be retired. That's uh, yeah I see him I shaking will, his head All I right. want to retire. He said, I'm don't done. you dare, <laughs> McDonough. I'll, I'll, I'll slap you at the end of this. No, uh, no, no. But he, so he gets retained by the family to come in and, and, and give an objective, you know, observation, look at my sister's case. She's missing. And that's what we've been doing. And, we're grateful that you guys are here and we're hoping that you will share this with everybody that, you know, uh, that we, you know, he's developed a lot of theories, uh, and they're right on target right now. You know, we're, uh, I'm going to go 95% there. And now it's just a matter of some other things that need to fall into place and, um, go look him up. Billy little jr. He was first on the ground in Maya Miliette's case in San Diego. And that's just one of many that we've been behind the scenes on, uh, trust me. And, um, you know, so I'm
1: not, I don't, I'm really uncomfortable with you talking so nice about me and we're just, what we are are a couple of guys looking for the truth in life. And that's what I think we're all doing. I think that's why the people are on here watching you because they want justice and they want to find the truth too. And as a community, that's what we should be doing. We should all be doing that. So we're all equally important in finding the truth. And I appreciate you, Chris, you you bring a lot to the table. Um, but well, you... once again, let's find the truth and share the truth and get yep. some justice for this family.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I have a tradition here. Uh, as you know, uh, I always give my guest the last word, and um, and then we go to Hawaii. I I play a really cool song called Hawaii, uh, and I know that um, you know you've done a lot of lot of stuff. And were you you were, in, were you stationed in Hawaii by chance? Did I ever ask? I've you been that? to
1: Ho- I've been to Hawaii many times.
0: Did I've you done do a lot the of work in Hawaii? Did, did they, I do the hula?
1: <laughs> no I was working man. Were
0: you that guy they pulled up on stage and said no. "Umu umu huku huku right come come I, do the wiggle?"
1: The only thing I did for fun in Hawaii was I went to uh watch the sunrise at Haleakala. was oh, beautiful. Yeah. But uh No man, I I'm, I'm a, I don't know why. I just work all the time. You send me to Hawaii, I'm working. Hey, here's, a, here's
0: another question. Curious, did she have a dog or a pet? Uh, if I was buried on my uh, land, my dog would find me. Well, that's that, a, that's an interesting thought.
1: That you know what I had not thought of that. That's a great thought.
0: Sure um, is. Sure hmm. is.
1: Look at that. Just when you thought you knew everything, somebody comes along and gives you a great advice. And gives
0: you another one. And Billy, look, Jane says we're almost at a hundred. And, and thank you, Jane, for saying that. And thank you everybody uh, who has subscribed to this channel. We are so excited uh, that we're almost there. And it's because of you guys. It certainly is because of all of our subscribers and all of our followers and our mods. I mean, I've got some amazing mods. Uh, you know, they are just the best, uh, in my opinion, in YouTube, uh, who keep me honest and they keep me above the waterline. Uh, you guys, I can't say enough about each and every one of you. And, uh, you guys know, uh, that I mean that. And I can't say enough about our members and our subscribers and our Patreon members and all of you that support this channel. It allows me to do stuff just like this to get great, great uh, minds uh, onto this platform to give you the best content. uh, I think, you know, available out there. And, and these cases are fresh. Uh, This is an ongoing investigation. Um, Recently, You know, Billy and I were up there in Michigan. We sat down with the newly formed actually task force uh, for a little bit and uh, things are moving, but we need to find D and we need to help, uh, you know, Dale find his wife. We need, we need to help him, you know, get it, get it a little bit closer uh, to, you know, getting her home. So if you can help Dale, please reach out to him if you know him up there and say, how can I help you find D? Okay, uh, The visual, again, let me put that back up. Somebody's asking. Okay, I'm. I am I don't know if I can make this bigger. Can you guys see that? It's the 23rd. It's-
1: uh, the, the 23rd the 23rd of April at sunset at the Hardy Farms up in Tipton, Michigan, which is right next to Tecumseh. Uh, anybody can contact me. And by the way, you're absolutely right. If Dale wants to explain, crutch, <laughs> your crutch. <laughs> I- if Dale wants to come on here and explain or talk to us and help us find D, Chris, is he welcome to come on your show?
0: Absolutely, Billy. One hundred percent. Love to have you on, Dale.
1: My phone is always on. It's I'm always available, Dale. Anytime you want to talk, um, you just come on. You call me. Um, I'll come up there again and personally talk to you. I'll sit down man to man with you, and we can talk this thing through. And you can tell me what happened. No problem. No problem.
0: That's right. Justice for D. And I know you're, you know, he's got to be thinking, okay, how, how can I take advantage of this? How can I take advantage of this? Uh, to or get the information? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. he's got to be thinking, you know, I got to go talk, you know, and get it off my uh, chest here to, to maybe I know something that I just haven't laid out there yet. I don't know.
1: Uh, but we'll, we'll you yeah.
0: know, he's got well, an open have- invitation.
1: What we have not talked about, or are the many things that I have, um, that are in the works for this guy, right? If the heat, it ain't, it's not going to get less. I'm I'm turning the heat up on anything and everybody until we get answers in this case. So I will not rest until this is done. Yeah. So if you think if you think it's getting hot now i'm about to turn the heat way up so dale you can fix all of this talk to me talk to chris
0: than glad to help you a hundred percent okay mr little you are going to be having the last word here my friend it's been an absolute fantastic program as always uh, but you've just made it a million times better <laughs> Thanks for uh, putting up with my bad sound. Uh, I don't know what happened to my mic, but for some reason it just kind of went out.
1: And that's, so, that's why we call you Crutch.
0: That's that's <laughs> that's, that's that's one of the reasons. That's, that's just one, one one of many. I'm a good we insurance man. I'm a good <laughs> oh, insurance guy.
1: <laughs> You're the worst insurance man. I'm gonna t- tell you what, man. As long as bad people exist in this world. <laughs> As long as people try to get away with crimes, me, Starsky and Crutch are going to be on your butt.
0: We will be and there.
1: We will not turn loose until we get answers. So if you think we're going away, <laughs> uh, you got another thing coming.
0: That's right. Exactly right. Okay, so you've got the last word. So I'm going to pull out here, and you're going to see your big face come up here on the on the on the boob tube here. So stand by to stand by and oh. go.
1: Hey. No, I just want to say thanks to everybody that tunes into this channel, that uh, there's a lot of negativity out there on the internet and in the news. uh, But the people that are on this channel are helping find justice and find the truth. And uh, I really appreciate that. It restores my faith when I see too much negative stuff on the news. I really appreciate the people that tune into this show and help us out. Uh, That's all I got. Stay strong. Don't give up. Never give up. Keep fighting.
2: Hard working every day. I'm stressed out. 24 7 bay. No time out. Wish we could fly over. Show take